welcome to this satsang edition of Spiritual Awakening Radio. Today focused on Satmat, or the teachings of the masters, and Hindu Dharma. Specifically, the lineage of Satmat related to Sant Tulsi Sahib of Hathras, passing on to Baba Devi Sahib of Moradabad, and his spiritual successor, Maharishi Mehi Pamhans of Bihar District, India, and the branch of Sant Mat that he founded. I want to begin with the meditation practice, the spiritual journey, according to the Bihar branch of Sant Mat. One of the spiritual successors of Maharishi Mehi Pamhans was Swami Sant Seviji. In his book, The Harmony of All Religions, Swami Sant Seviji describes the journey of the soul, the goal of meditation practice. He says, The tenth gate is the gathering point of consciousness. Therein lies the path for our return. The tenth gate is also known as the sixth chakra, the third eye. Bindu, the center, located between the two eyebrows. This is the gateway through which we leave the gates of the sense organs and enter in the divine realms and finally become established in the soul. We travel back from the realm of darkness to the realm of light, from the light to the divine sound, and from the realm of sound to the soundless state. This is called turning back to the source. Methods for returning back to the source by Swami Sant Seviji. In whatever realm of this universe one lives, it is natural to get the support from the predominant element of that realm. Therefore, one who is dwelling in the physical realm will naturally take support from the material elements. It would be easier to utilize the sensory elements in the method to concentrate the mind. Therefore, to begin to concentrate the mind, one should make use of manas japa, or the mental repetition of an alphabetical name of God, and manas dhyana, focusing on a physical manifested form of God these two spiritual techniques, in other words, in meditation. Swami Sant Seviji, God permeates all realms of nature and the entire universe. The saints, prophets, sages, all radiant and all benevolent beings are physical manifestations of the divine powers on earth. Fixing the mind on one of their images, Manas Dhyana, focus on a divine form, facilitates concentration of the mind and prepares it to enter into the inner subtle realms. In order to enter into the subtle realms, one must take support of the subtle element. One must therefore practice taking support of the subtle non-material element. Subtle support is the infinitesimal point this point is visualized in the middle of the two eyebrows. The infinitesimal point is also known as the subtlest of the subtle 
forms of God. Bindu, point, is defined as an indivisible point. It is too minute to be drawn or indicated in any physical way. Dristi sadhana, the yoga of vision, is an uninterrupted concentration, or literally seeing, on the infinitesimal point. Dristi is the power of seeing, single-pointedness, intense focus, in other words, is attained by sitting with closed eyes and practicing uniting the beams of vision of both eyes. The technique of how to gaze on a single infinitesimal point in the center and concentrating the mind on that point is taught by the master. This is known as Dristi Sadhana. In this practice, it is advised neither to focus forcefully or manipulate the eyeballs in any manner. The saints teach specifics of this yogic technique. By this practice, the inner divine vision is opened. This is beyond the sensory dimension of seeing. When the state of one-pointedness or complete focus of mind is attained, it is possible to listen to the divine inner sounds which arise from the juncture of the material and subtle realms. These celestial sounds are not audible to the sensory ears when the subtle state or sukma non-material realm is reached, it becomes possible to perceive the divine sounds of the subtle realm. This sound has the inherent quality of attracting the consciousness to its point of origin. Once that sound is perceived, consciousness is drawn to the sounds of each successive and ascending realm until consciousness reaches the soundless realm. This is the realm of God, a state of transcendence and bliss. To achieve this, service to and association with the Satguru, as well as his instruction and grace, are essential. The practitioner must also be diligent in meditation practice. The path described above can be summarized in the following manner. The four practices are gross to subtle in an ascending order. Manas Japa, the mental repetition of a sacred name of God, a mental repetition also called Simran or Zikr. Two, Manas Dhyana, visualizing the form of one's teacher or a divine form. Dristi Sadhana, the yoga of light. And Nadu Sadhana, or Nada Sadhana, the yoga of sound. And finally, soundless yoga. The practices of Manas Japa, or Mantra or Simran, and Manas Dhyana are the worship of the physical qualified personal form of God. God is perceived in various manifestations of name and form in the gross material realm. The practice of the meditation on the infinitesimally small point, Dristi Sadhana, is the worship of the subtle qualified form of God, where God perceived as the infinitesimal point is the object of concentration. 
concentration on the divine sounds, or nadas, other than sarshab, the divine sound of the beginning, is the worship of the qualified formless divine. As this meditation finally leads to the meditation on the sarshabd, the original divine sound, the meditation on this essential sound, or logos, or adishabda, is the worship of the unqualified formless, or the transcendent Godhead. This meditation is the culmination of all forms of worship. But without completely mastering all these practices and making the inward journey, it will be impossible to reach the soundless state, the realization of the impersonal form of the divine. This is the realm of God and the attainment of moksha, the state of liberation. Reaching this, the initiate experiences absolute peace and achieves the ultimate goal of human life, says Swami Saviji Maharaj in his wonderful spiritual book, The Harmony of All Religions, describing this meditation technique of progressing from outer to inner, of gross material, a name that's rooted in this world of form, and visualizing a form of one's teacher. And those two techniques develop in us receptivity to inner seeing and inner hearing, prepare us for the next stages the infinitesimal point staring at the, the center of the darkness that lies in front of us as our eyes are closed in meditation, that blossoms into inner light. And beyond the inner light is the inner sound, and then a higher level of sound, described as Sar Shabd, and eventually reaching the soundless state beyond the light and beyond the sound described as the formless supreme being or Godhead. These are the steps and stages of Sant Mat meditation described by Swami Sant Seviji. The following reading is from an article by Pravesh K. Singh about Maharishi Mehi. Maharishi Mehi, the bridge between Hindu scriptures and Sant Mat. Pravesh K. Singh, Sant Tulsi Sahib of Hathras, Uttar Pradesh District, India, no doubt occupies the most preeminent position in the lineage of Sant Mat, and can be said to be the first saint in the glorious tradition of modern age Sant Mat. Mr. James Bean, yours truly reading this, who has made an intensive study of Sant Mat and runs several groups on Sant Mat, very rightly depicts Sant Tulsi Sahib as, quote, the Adi Guru of many, if not most all, contemporary Santmat Guru lineages, the grandfather or founding father of modern-day Santmat, and as a connecting link between the classic saints of India, including earlier masters in the Kabir lineage, and contemporary Santmat, and advocates that any serious study of Santmat teachings must include the hymns and spiritual discourses of Sant Tulsi Sahib, unquote. 
as he quotes me <laughs> in this article. But the paragraph from Pravesh K. Singh, the prose directly from Pravesh K. Singh, that I want to especially focus on here from this article is as follows. The greatest and most unique contribution of Maharishi Mehi was that he brought together, bridged the gulf that had come to separate not only the holy scriptures of Hinduism and Santmat, but also the different traditions or sects of Sants from each other." Unquote. I find that to be an amazing paragraph by Pravesh K. Singh, describing the unique position of Maharishi Mehi as a unifying figure who, in his spiritual discourses called Satsang Yoga, called all of the great Hindu scriptures and found all of these golden nuggets of spirituality, wisdom, and mysticism from all of those texts. From the Hindu scriptures, references to the formless, timeless, supreme being who is all spirit. References to inner light and inner sound meditation, such as from the Nad Bind Upanishads, the Hatha Yoga Pratapika, and other texts of Hinduism. The discourses of Garaknat and the Nath Yogis, and so on. All of these wonderful texts of Hinduism referring to inner light and sound meditation and the ascension of the soul. And it's really quite wonderful to see all of that wisdom found scattered throughout all of these ancient Hindu scriptures and that uh, mission of calling attention to that is unique to Maharishi Mehi and his Satsang Yoga series, a series of four volumes called Satsang Yoga showing the wisdom, the perennial philosophy, the teachings of the masters has been with us since ancient times. And Pravesh K. Singh here also mentions that Maharishi Mehi was a unifying figure in modern-day Santmat. Maharishi Mehi was someone who spoke against hyper-sectarianism and division from one another, and instead was a voice of moderation, a voice of love, a voice of compassion, a voice not of sectarianism, but of oneness and unity. The focus of today's program, the modern monastic Santmat movement of Bihar, founded by Maharishi Mehi, building bridges between Sanata Dharma and Santmat, published in the International Journal of Dharma Studies, an article, a paper by Veena Howard on this particular branch of Santmat founded by Maharishi Mehi. In India, its teachings and its relationship to the greater culture by Professor Veena Howard. This article, she says, analyzes how the modern movement of Santmat, literally meaning the views of Sants or saints or masters, primarily popular in the rural areas of northern India, uniquely situates itself within the context of Vedic Dharma. Through the monastic leadership, 
its redefinition of the categories of Vedic Dharma and Sanatana Dharma, the Santmat tradition creates a space where vernacular Hindu practices and mystical Vedic paths can coexist. Thus, it stands apart from other contemporary Santmat traditions that reject Vedic Dharma. Pausing and interjecting here, she's saying that other forms of Santmat are kind of distant from uh, Hinduism, but here Maharishi Mehi is uh, described as someone um, who finds that ancient wisdom present within Hindu scriptures. And it's certainly true that it's there. I, I remember many years ago reading uh, Kripal Singh's book, Nam or Word, and uh, he devotes a whole section to Hinduism and quoting from various Upanishads and ancient texts that speak of inner light and sound and the formless God. So when I first read this about Maharishi Mehi and started reading his um, teachings, uh, it was not a surprise. It was not really a new idea that in the Bhagavad Gita or in, in the Upanishads, for instance, that you find inner light and sound meditation as being uh, present in some of the texts. Indeed, it seems to me that some of the authors of Upanishads were at the level of masters or saints in ancient times. Of course, the Upanishads is this huge collection of at least 108 documents, probably more than that originally, some now lost. And so you get different states of consciousness, different schools of spirituality, and not everyone is the same, but in, in sprinkled throughout, you know, in the Upanishads you will find some of that material at the level of sants or santmat, santmat compatible wisdom found in certain sections of the Upanishads, in other words. Veena Howard, the modern movement of santmat, literally the teachings or views of the saints, is primarily popular in the rural areas of Bihar district, India, and in Nepal. While sharing essential elements with Santmat traditions of India, including Radhaswami, specifically the inner path of light and sound for direct experience of the divine, this branch situates itself within the context of Vedic Dharma. It is through redefining the categories of Vedic Dharma and Sanatana Dharma that the Santmat tradition opens up a space where vernacular Hindu practices and mystic Vedic paths can coexist. Santmat tradition emphasizes the path of the inner journey to the realization of truth, as well as the practice of ethical codes of abstaining from lying, stealing, taking intoxicating substances, vegetarianism, etc., Background, Medieval Santmat traditions and modern Santmat movements, a brief historical analysis. Various adaptations of and resistance to hegemonic, orthodox, and extremist belief systems, e.g. those found within Hinduism, Islam, and Sikhism, in modern Santmat movements have their roots in medieval Sant traditions. In the book Hindus, their religious beliefs and practices Julius Lipner employs the term Santmat to describe the medieval Sant tradition that confronted and challenged the dominant views 
of caste and purity-based hierarchies. He says, before the advent of modernity, there was an influential vernacular movement, or more properly, a swelling mood that attacked the privileges and the discriminations of caste from below, that is, from a popular base among ordinary people. This has been called Santmat, the view of the saints, or poet saints, who became prominent in a broad arc from east to west, mostly in the central and northern regions of the subcontinent of India from about the late 13th century. Unquote. Here he is referring, of course, to this great galaxy of bhakti, poet, saint, mystics, Kabir, Guru Nanak, Namdev, all of those wonderful saints that provide a foundation for the, the name Santmat in India. All of those wonderful saints and mystics. You're hearing an article today on Santmat and Hindu Dharma based largely on a paper by Professor Veena Howard of the Maharishi Mehi branch of Santmat. My name is James Bean. You're hearing Spiritual Awakening Radio. Stay tuned for more after these messages. Today on this Santmat Satsang edition of Spiritual Awakening Radio, Santmat and Hindu Dharma, the wisdom of Maharishi Mehi Paramahans, a unifying figure in Santmat and between the Sant tradition of India and Hinduism, someone who finds the perennial ancient philosophy of the masters present in many Hindu scriptures and is a kind of reconciling or unifying figure promoting coexistence between those who are from Hindu traditions, those who are from Radhaswami or other paths, promoting compassion, moderation, seeing the universal truths and not getting too caught up in sectarianism. Before the break, I was reading from Vina Howard's paper on the Northern Sants, the tradition of Santmat founded by Maharishi Mehi in Bihar district, India, which he describes as monastic Santmat because of the leadership of this group is made of celibate monks. The masters, the Satgurus, in this particular branch of Santmat are not married gurus, but are from a population of sadhus or monks. Thus, she defines the leadership of this path as monastic and uses the term monastic a lot in her paper. Before the break, she was quoting from a scholar who uh, was actually echoing what other scholars have also written and observed about the Sant movement, that during medieval times, those earlier Sants, that great galaxy of bhakti, poet, saint, mystics, like Kabir, Guru Nanak, Namdev, Ravidas, Mirabai, Dadu Dayal, and so many others, they were poet mystics, they were spiritual masters, but there was also a social justice component in their message that those who were from lower castes, everyday people, could rise up against the caste system 
and discrimination based on gender and other affiliations and simply say we are souls we can be liberated and there is no such thing as a caste system so you see there is a social justice component to this tradition of science in India as well as many scholars have observed back to Vina Howard's paper on the monastic Bahar branch of modern day Santmont founded by Maharishi Mehi Parmhans although generally more popular in rural India you know in rural areas of northern India and Nepal the monastic Sant tradition is not a simplified version of the Sant tradition rather it shows a sophisticated and systematic link between the teachings of the Sants with Sanata Dharma or Hinduism by examining the many volumes of writings published by Maharishi Mehi and his many spiritual successors including Swami Sant Sevi Ji Maharaj and Swami Vyasanand Ji Maharaj the depth and breadth of the integration of vedic wisdom with sant teachings and the implication the experimental patterns of this sant mat become evident furthermore sants of the tradition provide extremely detailed serious guidance for spiritual seekers and devotees on the path for this the tradition systematically engages with the teachings of both the sant tradition and sanata dharma or hindu scriptures historically the terms saint and sant are used interchangeably and it is difficult to find a text that succinctly defines sant and santmat but in his book moksha darshan maharishi mehi provides a copious definition one stillness or steadiness is the essence of shanti or absolute peace and unity with the divine two those who have attained shanti are sants three santmat encompasses the thoughts and the way or teaching of sants four it is natural for human beings to desire shanti or true peace true inner peace true tranquility inspired by this inherent desire seers of ancient times searched for inner peace and found the path to attain it this path has been expounded in the upanishads similar views have been expressed in more recent times by saints such as guru nanak and guru kabir sahib etc they express their views in punjabi and hindi vernaculars such expressions are for the inspiration and edification of the people at large the teachings of these later saints are what is referred to as santmat for maharishi mehi the upanishads must be considered the foundation of santmat because they uniquely and copiously elucidate on the means for attaining shanti or that true state of peace drawing on the later upanishads such as the nad bind upanishad the dhyan bind upanishad 
etc., he argues that the Upanishads explain the yogic techniques and systematic views of transcending mind and matter and attaining the Absolute or God through the path of divine sound, the yoga of Surat Shabd. It is significant that Maharishi Mehi invokes the Upanishads to represent this vision of Santmat because these teachings often depict inner wisdom as the true source for constructing the outer reality of lived Dharma. That is, the mysticism illustrative of the Upanishads showcases Dharma as experimental par excellence. Maharishi Mehi described the teachings of the masters of the more recent science as being present in the Upanishads and has a very powerful wisdom tradition. My impression when I first started hearing about Maharishi Mehi was was very powerful. I was extremely impressed with the wisdom present in the teachings of Maharishi Mehi and his spiritual successors. It was not a vague hallmark card syrupy series of slogans, meditate on the Shabd and have a nice day. Maharishi Mehi and his spiritual successors have a lot of very specific, detailed teachings and wisdom. This is a path that they know intimately and are very good at teaching it. And it has become my mission to the Western world to share these teachings with not only uh, the general population of spiritual seekers, but those who follow all of the branches of Santmat and Radhaswami, so that we in the West can better understand this ancient spiritual path from India. Stay tuned for more Spiritual Awakening Radio coming up after this break. As I was saying before the break, I was absolutely blown away when I first started hearing about this particular branch of Sant Mat. I started learning new things after about 10 or 15 years. It felt like coming out of mothballs or some sort of awakening and new, deeper sense of clarity and appreciation about the tradition. As I wrote in my review of Swami Vyasanand's book, it's like... In the past, we saw the planet Pluto as a very fuzzy object from far away with our telescopes. But when a probe, a NASA probe, got close to it, all of a sudden, sharp, clear, beautiful images of Pluto now define our experience. And I felt very much that same way with, well, not only Swami Vyasanand's book, but generally speaking, the satsangs, the wisdom, the books, the teachings of this line of Santmat. It's like, wow, there's a lot here that's being said, a lot here that's being offered, a lot of wisdom 
that is here and and it's like um, going from Sant-Mot light to Sant-Mot depth. I was absolutely blown away and wrote the following in my review of Maharishi Mehi's book, Philosophy of Liberation. Philosophy of Liberation is an intriguing book providing some surprisingly technical details on the yoga of sound, Surit Shabd yoga meditation, as well as the yoga of light referred to in their terminology as Dristi Sadhana, the yoga of vision on the infinitesimal point. The book is a bit more Upanishadic than I would have expected, rich with quotes from Hindu scriptures as well as the Sants of India, including from the Ghat Ramayan of Sant Tulsi Sahib. Anyone interested in developing their own successful daily meditation practice will greatly benefit from the wisdom and depth of philosophy of liberation by Maharishi Mehi, as it systematically covers all aspects of the philosophy of the path and the technical details of spiritual practice rarely ever seen in print from any source outside of India. It is not light reading, and that is precisely what I like about it. It is quite literally the manual of Santmat, one of the best books written about Santmat mysticism. And that remains my view to this day. That review was written at about 1999 or 2001, somewhere in there. And that remains my view that Philosophy of Liberation, or the book Moksha Darshan by Maharishi Mehi, is one of the most interesting and most wonderful Santmat books to be written since the days of... Huzura Maharaj, Raisalagram's Prim Patra Radhaswami, you know, over a hundred years ago. Philosophy of Liberation, I think, is one of the best books ever written on Sant Mat. What it is, how it works, what the goals of the path are, how to get there from here, and the logic, the reasoning behind the teachings. Uh, it's all in there. It's not a, a long book. It is a, 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 a technical kind of book, not necessarily the easiest read, but it, in its 60 pages or so, is very informative. And you can read it for free. I put it on the web uh, as an audio book, as something you can download as a PDF file or read online in different ebook formats. Send me an email. I'll send you a link to Philosophy of Liberation. My email address is james at spiritualawakeningradio.com. James at spiritualawakeningradio.com. Or you can send a text message to me at this number, 508 603 9381. Maharishi Mehi Parmhans, as I mentioned earlier, was also a voice of reason, a voice of sanity, and a voice of unity, not promoting sectarian rivalries between different branches of Sant Man and different branches of Radhaswami, but of oneness and coexistence and celebrating each other. Vina Howard. According to Maharishi Mehi, the apparent differences among the teachings of Sants can be attributed to the variation of regional languages and traditions. He narrows down the root of such disparities. Quote, 
It also happens that excessively zealous followers of Saint-Mat accentuate the differences, unquote. Vina Howard. So despite the apparent differences, he concludes that there is unity in the teachings of the Saints. Quoting Maharishi Mehi, when all sectarianism and the external differences in the teachings of a saint are removed, the basic principles of Saint Mat are in unity. Unquote. Vina Howard. Maharishi Mehi pushes unity on the basis of his personal mystical experiences that are analogous to the illustrations of experiences across traditions. While this argument and deductive reasoning might appear to be an effort to create a sense of homogeneity in the teachings of various saints, Maharishi Mehi invited his followers and opponents alike to experiment with the experience of the truth within which the hubris of factionalism fades away. This is the reason he preferred an inclusive category of Sant Mat for the tradition. Just interjecting here, when you meditate, you see things from a different angle, a vision, and you see the oneness, the unity of souls, instead of accentuating the differences. Vina Howard, the principles of Sant Mat read like a Magna Carta, as it were, as they form the theoretical foundation for the monastic movement of Saint-Mat. Here she is referring to a specific series of paragraphs composed by Maharishi Mehi, found in the Padavali of Maharishi Mehi, also quoted in Harmony of All Religions, and uh, are recited uh, quite frequently in this tradition a document known as The Principles of Saint-Mat. I can send you a copy of The Principles of Saint-Mat if you'd like as well. It is a series of several points that encompass God, your relationship to God, and the journey to go back to God and the important things to, to know about the teachings of the saints summarized in a few short paragraphs. I can send you a copy of The Principles of Sant Mat if you send me an email, james at spiritualawakeningradio.com. One of the great documents, or Magna Carta, as she calls it, of modern-day Sant Mat, explaining briefly the teachings, summarizing the teachings of the path. Stay tuned for more Spiritual Awakening Radio after these messages. Satsang edition of Spiritual Awakening Radio, Sant Mat and Hindu Dharma, specifically the Maharishi Mehi branch of Sant Mat, or monastic Sant Mat, founded in Bihar, with several million followers in northern India and even in Nepal, bridging the boundaries between Hindu Dharma and Sant traditions. This path affirms teachers such as Guru Kabir, Sri Ramakrishna, Rama Maharishi, Lord Mahavira, Buddha, Krishna, Jesus Christ or Yeshua, 
Sufi masters, and Guru Nanak. As seekers of truth, having practiced the inner path of divine light and sound in order to attain spiritual liberation or unity with God, the Supreme Being, simultaneously this path affirms both lay and monastic practitioners' inherent ability, irrespective of caste, ethnicity, and gender, to experience the inner truth through the initiation into the meditation of divine light and divine sound. Vina Howard writes, It's intriguing to witness how female followers of the tradition who might live in the gendered world of social constraints in India equally participate in the inner world of spiritual experiences. Thus, the circle of experimentation continues through the teachings and experiences. Vina Howard writes in this very fine article on the modern monastic Sant Mat movement of Bihar, Building Bridges Between Sanata Dharma and Sant Mat, published in the International Journal of Dharma Studies 2017, Email me and I can send you a link to the entire paper, which is available online at the Springer International webpage. It's a paper by Vina Howard, Professor Vina Howard, who is intimately familiar with this path and a follower of it and translator of some of its texts into the English language and someone I've been friends with for a number of years now. A few final points on today's edition of Spiritual Awakening Radio. The term monastic Mat doesn't mean you have to be a monk or celibate sadhu in order to join. This is really referring to the fact that there are sadhus, part of the circle of the path, part of the path. Most followers are, most satsangis or initiates are regular folk, married couples who live in the world in various cities of India and around the world. But there is a small percentage of those who are monks or sadhus living a stricter lifestyle. And successors or those who become living masters are selected from the ranks of those sadhus. Now, to some, that sounds very different from the Sant-Mat that they know. But you know what? History is liberating. Academic texts, textbooks written by those who aren't even affiliated with this path, who have no particular sectarian bias to offer, I find to be very spiritual and liberating to gain access to how things have been in India from an objective point of view. And you know what? Swamiji Maharaj, founder of the Radhaswami Satsang in Agra, had a circle of sadhus around him, too, retaining a custom that he carried over from his affiliation with the Tulsi Sahib Satsang of Hathras, because in Hathras, Tulsi Sahib also had a circle of sadhus as part of the Santmat community there. The same is true in the Kabir line of masters. They have ashrams and have had traditionally a circle of sadhus or a monastic branch there too. And it's also true in the Sant Darya Sahib branch of the Sant tradition as well. 
since Maharishi Mehi's passing in 1986, there have been a number of spiritual successors continuing. The line of masters goes on, affirming the teachings. One, the, the importance of a living master or guru who is an experiencer of the inner light and sound and communicates that to his or her disciples. Two, dhyana, meditation at least three times daily. Three, satsang, listening to the teachings of the saints. And four, the five precepts, the moral rectitude, abstaining from vices like stealing, lying, intoxicating substances, violence, and sexual misconduct. In there also is included following a lacto-vegetarian diet. So the ethics are a part of the path, the ethical peaceful foundation or atmosphere of tranquility, making meditation more possible. It's very much the foundation of the path. For there to be multiple successors for a master to appoint more than one person to serve as living master after him, may sound odd or strange to the ears of some as well. But again, we call upon history to find out what's been going on up to now on the subcontinent of India. And I can say very clearly that it is the norm for there to be more than one living master in the world. Last week I quoted Sawan Singh saying that very thing. I wrote an article uh, showing that there was the Kabir line of masters contemporary with the Ten Sikh gurus and also the Dadu gurus and other masters. That's been the norm since at least the time of Guru Kabir. And it's also true in the Kabir line that there have been multiple masters. Darya Sahib of Bihar appointed more than one. Tulsi Sahib, Swamiji Maharaj in Agra, Hazur Maharaj Raisalagram in Agra also appointed multiple successors. So Maharishi Mehi's appointment of multiple people to serve as living masters or spiritual successors is the norm in the Sant tradition of India, not an exception. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but... Send me an email or text message if you'd like to receive links to any of the articles, anything that I've shared during today's program, I can send to you for free. Links to all sorts of things. Send me an email at this address, james at spiritualawakeningradio.com or a text message to this number, 508-603-9381. Tune in again next week at the same time for another edition of Spiritual Awakening Radio. Namaste, Radhaswami. Satya Ram. May the blessings be. (laughs) 